It's Brock from Forte Lifestyle. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I wanna discuss a few things such as how to train for fat loss, what some common methods of this are, how these methods vary from other types of training goals, why it's important to focus on one specific goal, and lastly, some common misconceptions around training for weight loss. So first off, the Instagram poll I did was really surprising in terms of how many people were interested in weight gain instead of weight loss. I guess for me, being overweight in the past made me assume that the majority of people also wanted to learn how to lose weight, but it was actually almost 50-50 for weight gain and weight loss, which was really cool to see. However, weight loss did win out slightly over weight gain, so I'm going to spend today talking about one of the facets of weight loss, which is training. Now, you might have heard that weight loss is 80% diet and 20% training. I think that's bullshit. I think they're both 100% giving you a grand total of 200%. They're synergistic in the sense that if your training is going well, you're gonna have a much higher chance of your nutrition going well because good habits like to stack on each other. For example, in the past when I was just getting started in the gym, I found that when I believed the 80-20 rule of diet training, I would end up slacking on my training and sure, losing a ton of weight, but it came from both fat and muscle. And I'm gonna assume that skinny fat isn't really what anyone's going for. So let's talk about how to lose fat and maintain maintain lean muscle. So how do we train for fat loss? Let's dive right in. The most effective way to train for fat loss while maintaining muscle is really a two-part system. Part one, focus on relatively heavy compound movements such as deadlifts, squats, presses, and by relatively heavy, I mean probably heavier than you previously associated with weight loss. And in case you're unfamiliar with compound movements, they're just defined as multi-joint exercises. And again, those include the following like squat, bench press, etc. You're using, for example, your bench press, you're using your elbow and your shoulder, overhead press, you know, you're stabilizing quite a bit with your core, but you're also using your shoulders and elbows to actually move the barbell as opposed to an isolation exercise, which could be something like a bicep curl where you're you're only moving your elbow if I guess if you're doing it properly a lot of people are swinging their shoulders in the gym so part one why lift heavy the metabolic effect of lifting heavy is massive and by metabolic effect I just mean the amount of calories you're burning through exerting yourself that much when I bring in clients who are used to doing a ton of cardio for weight loss and I get them doing heavy low rep deadlifts most of them say holy shit I've never been that tired after 15 seconds and for me personally it takes me about two minutes of cardio to get my heart rate as high as when I'm doing one set of heavy deadlifts, which takes about 15 seconds. This matters especially because a lot of us are busy people. I don't want you wasting your time in the gym. So provided you've nailed down your form, I don't want you going in and doing low reps for the first time you've ever deadlifted. But for men, generally heavy means within the four to six rep range. And for women, this means within the six to eight rep range. And basically by four to six rep range, if you're not familiar with rep ranges, depending on how many you're aiming for, you don't want to be able to do another one after that. So if you're aiming for the six rep range, you shouldn't physically feel like you can do a seventh because then you're technically training in the seven rep range. So another benefit to doing heavy squats or deadlifts versus relying on longer cardio is that cardio doesn't really tend to preserve lean muscle, whereas heavy compound movements such as the squat and deadlift will stimulate muscle growth and maintenance. That's where you get a lot of people who lean on cardio for weight loss, losing a ton of pounds on the scale, but still looking rather unimpressive or even unhealthy because they've lost all of their muscle too. So 
Imagine this situation, you could lose the same amount of body fat through two different methods, but one method involved putting on lean muscle mass. If there's more lean muscle overall, underneath your fat, you're gonna have that skin pulled tighter over your muscles, giving you a more quote unquote toned look and ultimately making you look like you have less fat. The interesting thing is even though you've lost the same amount of fat, which again is very different than weight on the scale, you could look better losing five pounds of weight on the scale versus 20 pounds on the scale if you maintain muscle mass because in the 20 pounds, that extra 15 pounds might've just come from muscle. So before moving on to HIIT training, it's important to mention something primarily for the women when it comes to training heavier like this, not because I'm assuming I know your goals, but because I hear this question all the time. No, you're not going to get bulky. The general idea of, again, quote unquote, toned that most people, I don't even want to say women for this, but the idea, the perpetuated myth of toned that most people seem to be going for is not from doing high reps. That's a myth. Getting toned involves putting on lean muscle and losing fat. Toned doesn't come from changing the texture of your muscle or whatever the idea seems to be. It's simply losing fat over muscle so that you can see them better. Muscle looks the exact same all the time. It just gets bigger or smaller. The most effective way to put on lean muscle is to lift heavier and do compound movements. If you're a woman, your levels of testosterone are so low that it's incredibly difficult to get bulky. I guarantee the girls that you see that you think are too bulky, take steroids. This type of heavy lifting focus is what's going to get you the slim waist, large glutes, and toned upper body that most women seem to want. Cardio will not do this for you. Now, a good way to structure your training days is to begin with one or two compound movements and then finish off with some single joint isolation exercises, such as things like curls or even machines at higher reps. I prefer 10 to 12 reps for isolation exercises, but that's just me. For example, a pull day might look like three sets of deadlift lifts for six reps each, three sets of bent over rows, six reps each. And again, you can see that these are lower reps for compound movements. Beginning, I like to do one or two compound movements at the start of every workout. And then that's taking care of my compound movements. We can then move on to some higher rep isolation movements. So I would do something like three sets of bicep curls, 10 reps each, and then three sets of seated machine rows for 10 reps each, which basically takes care of the brunt of my workout. And feel free to throw in some cardio at the end if you feel you want to burn some more calories, but that's a pretty standard weight training day, uh, you know, really focusing on those compound movements. So I've put together three month plans for both men and women with our progress tracking app based off of this only $50 a month on fortelifestyle.ca. However, you can also find some of these programs online if you want to search for your own instead. I don't like to hard sell my programs. I've done the work for you, but I also understand that money can be an object for some people and I never want that to stand in the way of someone making progress in the gym just because they feel they don't have enough money. Again, the idea that you're looking for is that compound movements should come first, followed by some accessory work. And this sums up weight training for fat loss. So let's talk about HIIT training. People often divide when talking about cardio into slow cardio or HIIT training camps. And both will work, but I'm gonna explain why I prefer HIIT training. Slow cardio is sometimes known as 
LSD for long, slow duration. No, not the drug or lists for low intensity, steady state. It works and it burns calories, but you're doing it for a hell of a long time. And mainly I just get bored, to be honest. It tires me out mentally and I don't really feel challenged. The other thing to note is that it isn't as explosive as HIIT training. So you're going to lose more lean muscle by prolonging slow cardio, by going on light jogs or brisk walks as your basis for cardio. I do believe it has a place in weight loss though, but we'll get to that. Alternatively, HIIT training has some really cool benefits. My favorite is how short it can be. You can do three 20 minute sessions per week and see incredible benefits. Yeah, it's really hard, but you're mentally stimulated the whole time. And I personally tend to feel amazing afterwards. Performing explosive movements for less time means you're using fast twitch muscles rather than slow twitch. Slow twitch muscles are associated with long, slow cardio for bouts of longer than 20 minutes. Fast twitch muscles are generally related to lean muscle increases, which as we discussed before, is a good thing. However, hit and heavy lifting can both take a toll on your central nervous system though if you overdo it or if you jump into a way too intense program as a beginner. So if you're a beginner, my suggestion would be lifting weights three times a week. You could divide it into a push day, a pull day, and a leg day. You could do one bout of hit training weekly for approximately 20 minutes, no longer, and two longer, slower cardio sessions. For intermediate, I would suggest lifting weights five times a week. So increasing the volume of your weight training. Keep your HIIT training at once a week or maybe do twice a week if you feel you're not overtraining for 20 minutes each and two longer, slower cardio sessions. So like long, brisk walks. If you're advanced, I would suggest lifting weights five times a week, HIIT training three times a week. So increasing your HIIT training frequency and decreasing your longer, slower cardio sessions to one session a week. And we'll talk about why in a second. So you'll notice the gradual switch from long, slow duration cardio to HIIT training in that progression from beginner to advanced. Why? Because again, HIIT training is really hard. If you don't pace yourself, it's likely you'll get overwhelmed within a week. We all know fat loss doesn't happen in a week and you'll be right back where you started. So if you're not sure where you are, do your first week as a beginner. All you have to lose is a week and you're still exercising. So I would start as a beginner. If that's too easy, go to intermediate. If that's you know just right, it's like Goldilocks and the three bears, right? The beginner one was too small. The advanced one was too big, but the intermediate one was just right. So, you know, start low, work your way up, and you'll eventually find where you feel comfortable, and then you can adapt from there. But everybody's different. Don't worry about what the person beside you is doing. So with this combination of HIIT training and heavy compound movements, your metabolism is going to be blazing, and fat's going to start falling off faster and faster as you progress from beginner to advanced programs. How is this different than training for muscle mass? The structure of weight training is essentially the same in terms of reps and order of movements from big compound movements to smaller isolation accessory exercises. But the main differences are if you're aiming for muscle mass maximization, you're going to want to do a lot less cardio. Cardio is helpful whether gaining or losing weight, but three hit sessions a week when trying to put on muscle mass is honestly just excessive. You want the body to focus on lifting heavier, getting stronger, having a surplus of calories available to build muscle. That's tough if you're exhausting yourself 
yourself with hit training and putting all of your calories into this really difficult training. I only say this because it's important to determine your goal. It's wishful thinking to try and put on a ton of muscle while losing fat. It's simply not going to happen, of course, unless you're a beginner and your body's really, really wanting to adapt. The best thing you can do while losing fat is gain a little bit of muscle or even just maintain it if you're lucky. So don't get frustrated if your lifts aren't getting stronger when you're cutting fat. There's a time to get stronger and when you're going for weight loss, this isn't it. So I'm going to finish up with some quick points on common misconceptions surrounding weight loss. So one, as we've discussed, high reps are just not the best way to go. Focus on lower reps if you have your technique down. You'll build and maintain a lot more lean muscle this way and probably be astonished at how out of breath you are still after working in the four to six rep range. Two, slaving away on the treadmill for long periods of time tends to see better results on the scale than HIIT training and lifting, but doesn't look as good visually at the end or leave you feeling as healthy. This is again because you're losing both fat and muscle, which will appear as a bigger number on the scale, but you'll lack the definition you wanted. You'll likely also be a lot weaker and mentally exhausted. This just isn't sustainable. Three, long, slow duration cardio is not obsolete. There are a lot of benefits to going for light jogs and brisk walks once a week still. My favorite benefit is probably the mental health and cognition improvements as well as low intensity blood flow to the body. You know, you're not exerting yourself, but you're still promoting blood flow because you're moving your muscles. It's going to kickstart your recovery, clear out some junk from your muscles, and it's going to heal you a lot quicker from the intense HIIT training than just sitting at home and sort of letting your muscles stew. It's also always nice to switch it up. Just don't push yourself too hard on these days. They should be your recovery and a treat, if anything. Four, and lastly, we'll talk about nutrition another time soon, or you can read my article on fat loss on fortelifestyle.ca, but a caloric deficit is the underlying principle of fat loss. Your eating needs to be in check if you want to see results. A good place to start is if it fits your macros to calculate your daily calorie and macronutrient needs. And if you haven't read my article on fat loss nutrition, I would strongly suggest going to check that out if some of these words didn't make sense to you. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, I'm always available to help on my my social media or at my email address brock at fortelifestyle.ca. I wish you all the best on your fat loss journey and until next time, take care.